Hello and welcome to the Encounter Mercy Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Dragone. I have with me Father Andy Boyd, as always. And we have uh, a return guest again, Monk on the Streets, Brother Barnabas. How's it going? Oh, hey, I'm good, Vince. How are you? Good. Doing well. Doing well. So, Father, Father Andy, hello. Hey there again. So, hey there. Oh, there. Hi there. <laughs> this ain't the Midwest. Oh, don't you know? <laughs> so uh, I was just upstairs saying goodnight to my daughter, and my wife was telling my daughter what was going on. Uh, why is Daddy in the basement? Um, and she goes, <laughs> <laughs> she, she she goes. He's recording a podcast uh, with Father Andy, and uh, and they have a guest. And she goes, "Who's the guest?" And she goes, uh, "He's a monk." And she goes, my daughter goes, a chipmunk? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you get that one a lot. Something like that, yeah. (laughs) So so I I thought that was was funny. That happened right before I came down here. So um, no, uh, Brother Barnabas is not a chipmunk. Um, uh, So uh, (laughs) let's, uh, how's everybody, how's everybody doing? Because uh, uh, that just kind of, threw me off whenever she said that. I thought it was hilarious. I'm just keep, I keep thinking about food, food, man. I could, I had a really good dinner tonight, but you know, I'm thinking about the dinner I'm going to prepare for myself tomorrow. And I'm just like, the more food I can get, the fatter and the sassier, if you saw or heard our last episode, <laughs> the happier I'm going to be. Well, there's uh there are a bunch of cooking videos on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, that's one way that I've been spending time is watching uh, YouTube videos and specifically cooking ones and other things like that and technology videos. But, you know, there's always uh, good videos that you can catch online. Sometimes I feel like as a campus minister, uh, I'm an assistant campus minister here um, or assistant to the campus minister, whatever. I feel like most of the time is spent watching funny YouTube videos with these college kids and I, you can tell how old you're getting as time goes on. And I'm like, oh, did you guys ever see this one YouTube video? And they're like, oh, gosh, I'm getting so old. <laughs> but yeah. if, you, if you watch, um, I've noticed during this, uh, during this time, uh, I think you know, people are trying to find interesting ways to spend their time at home. And um, I don't have the fancy YouTube without the commercials. So I get to see all the commercials. And there's, have you guys seen any commercials on YouTube recently for like, um, fiction or storytelling? You know what? No. There's like authors I, that are sitting there talking about how to write stories or whatever. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of those masterclass ads. Yeah. That's it. Masterclass. Ma- yep. Yeah. And, and that's one of them along with, uh, you know, how to be a leader and a bunch of like cooking ones and stuff like that. But yeah, I, okay. I, I have seen that one. I guess that one, I never actually sit there and watch an entire thing. I get to the skip ad thing and oh, yeah. keep going. You just get the gist of but it. But it was interesting to me that there's some type of thing where um, they're talking about how to write a fictional story or what are the good elements of a story. And it really got me thinking like, what is it about stories or storytelling that human beings find so intriguing? I mean, we, yeah. you look about, you know, storytelling has been going on since cavemen. People have been gathering around fires and telling stories uh, for thousands of years. And I think it's just a part of who we are as humans and we can convey uh, 
truths and we can convey history and we can convey everything through fictional stories. And some of the greatest, yeah. some of the greatest books ever written, um, are fiction, fiction novels. And, uh, I think we'll get into some of them. I, th- I, I know, uh, brother Barnabas, you're reading Lord of the Rings. Yeah, um, dude. but you know, you look at that one and you look at Chronicles of Narnia and a lot of them have a lot of, uh, Christian imagery in them as well. And, you know, you can tell a story about, you know, our faith through fiction novels that on its surface don't, you know, that seem completely far-fetched until you kind of look at the, the imagery that's being used in those. But yeah, yeah I mean, dude. look at, uh, Dante's Inferno. Um, you know, that, that's kind of a, I wouldn't necessarily, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's weird to kind of call it fiction so much as it's, it's using imagery to, you know, to convey, uh, heaven and hell. Uh, but yeah. there's, yeah, there's just so many different stories out there, uh, that, that can just, it, it you know, they can just tell different <laughs> stories to tell different stories, I guess. I think I was trying to find this quote before the podcast started, but I just, I can't find it. So if you guys help me out or, uh, not, I can prove that it, this is a real quote, but something of the nature that a thing can be real and without being true. No, backwards. A thing can be true without having been real. A thing can be true without having been real. I think what it means basically is you can read a certain like fictional story and be like, yes, that 100%, I understand that. And it's not an actual historical thing. It's, you know, some story that somebody made up, you know, like reading The Lord of the Rings or Narnia or whatever, but kind of these stories are able to capture experiences of just being human that I think we really can identify with. And we can also look in the Bible for some of these and uh, the parables that that Jesus speaks of. Um, You know, these aren't real people who did real things. It's a way to convey a message, a very important message that Jesus wants everyone to understand. Uh, And so again, this is, yeah, something that can be seen anywhere to really tell anything. And it's very, very cool. Now, I, unfortunately, uh, I don't read as much as I probably should. And when I do have time to read, I'm trying to read nonfiction, uh, you know, type books. But um, what, you know, what do you like right now about uh, Lord of the Rings? Well, dude, I mean, Lord of the Rings, I'm just going to be like fully truthful right now. Uh, I grew up uh, early 2000s. I was like 10 years old. And the movies came out, right? And, uh, you know, my dad would take us to the movies to see Lord of the Rings and all this stuff. And my brothers and I loved it to the point where we actually made our own homemade Lord of the Rings, like with the camcorder on your shoulder and whatever. My brother, my younger brother was Frodo. My older brother was the cameraman. And I was every other character. (laughs) 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 And it was like, do you still have this video? I may. May, oh Father gosh. Andy. We, we got to get this on YouTube. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Wait till I get ordained. All right. Um, all right. But I, uh, every time I went to actually read Lord of the Rings, I would never make it the whole way through because it's like a thousand pages. Mm-hmm. So over, um, over uh, this Corona deal, I was like, all right. Actually, Father Andy, I started reading it on the way back from Israel. I, was oh, sitting, okay. I didn't watch any movies. I was just sitting there reading Lord of the Rings. And, um, it's been so good to just read it because, uh, 
I mean, there's certain just lines in there. Cause I, there was a part of it that I would read during uh, my novitiate and I'm not hundred percent. I would do Lexio Divina with different lines from Lord of the Rings. You know, for instance, I pulled one up here. This is a quote from Lord of the Rings from the fellowship of the ring. Uh, this is a conversation between Frodo and Gandalf, which I'm sure any Lord of the Rings fan will know automatically. It says this, I wish it need not have happened in my time, said Frodo. So do I, said Gandalf, and so do all who live to see such time. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to do is, dis- all, we have- all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. I mean, now, come on, that's a fictional story, but it is any more like true quote for this time right now than what I just read. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tolkien was just able to capture the heart of the human condition through this made up story of elves and dwarves and hobbits and stuff like that. And it's been so cool reading it because I'm just like, man, this applies to my life. It's very true. Very true. Uh, You know, I have to admit, I've never read any of the Lord of the Rings. I've never seen any of the movies. I know absolutely nothing about it other than the pop culture references. I've seen, I saw the movies growing up. Yeah. Whenever, how old are you brother Barnabas? I just turned 30. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So we're the same age. Um, but yeah, I'm the was, youngest one here you are. Uh, yeah. but yeah, but I remember watching the movies. Um, you know, on TV, we didn't watch them whenever they were in theaters, but I was always very intimidated by the books because, you know, oh, someone yeah. that's in sixth, seventh grade, something that thick. It's like, no, I'm, I'm not reading that. <laughs> I'd rather just well, watch the movie. Even, um, so I, I mean, before we talked about, you know, leisure and the difference between reading a book and uh, watching movies and maybe we'll leave that, leave that for that conversation, that podcast. I think this is just like in general. So even a good movie, you know, I think there's uh, like Vince for you. I don't know. Your kids aren't old enough to like probably watch a lot of movies, at least ones that aren't. Just yeah. I just watched Sesame Frozen Street. over and over and over and over again. <laughs> okay. That's true. <laughs> but even like, How do you, how do you go into make a decision for your own kids as to what their, what movies they watch? That's a good or question. Watch? Uh, yeah. or, well, I mean, I, <laughs> I guess Disney is an inherently evil organization. Uh, but yet I still <laughs> allow my kids to watch their Disney movies. But, um, I, you know, I, she's a four year old, she's going to be a four year old girl here soon. And, uh, you know, she's stuck on princesses. So that's kind of the kind of movie she's watching. I don't really yeah, put a whole I mean, lot of, go ahead. I, there's something though about like princesses, you know, and princes and Kings and realms and these things that, yeah. are just stories that are told over and over again in different ways that you're like, Oh yeah, this is something good. I mean, the whole Disney thing, that's another conversation too, but that there's like, like fairy tales and stuff that are um, really good to a part of like growing up and, and learning about it. It's something that kind of in stories, I think of those natures instill hope in us by stirring our imagination. Be like, yeah, like your daughter believes that she can be a princess and that, Man, in the eyes of the Heavenly Father, heck yeah, she is a princess. So she should believe it. And I think us old folks, you know, I'm 30 years old now. I'm getting some gray in my beard. I need to be reminded that, man, by reading Lord of the Rings, my heart's been right. I'm made for adventure. 
I'm made to be a king uh, because I'm an heir of the father who is a king. So I don't know. It's just a, a cool way for me to think about. Well, and it allows you to, to exercise your imagination. And I know a lot, you know, people like, like me who, uh, I don't, have, unfortunately, I don't have much of an imagination, uh, because of, you know, the things in life that I chose to do. Um, you know, some of the, you know, I, whenever I turned 18, I went and got my EMT and started working for an ambulance service and saw the worst in, in people, saw the worst in, in everything. And, and kind of really just kind of, I just grew up really fast and never really, you know, in my twenties, never really used my imagination. Now that I have my kids and I get to see them use it, it's starting to come back. And, uh, and it's, it's something that God gave us. He didn't just, just say, Oh, well, here's something to play with. Uh, we can really, we can use our imagination for, for a lot of things and to grow as an individual and to convey, um, I guess, fictional stories to people, um, with our imagination, uh, that also have a fundamental truth, you know, you know, to them, you can tell a story through fiction, using your imagination, playing prince and princess. And you know how many times I've played with, uh, baby dolls and and all sorts of stuff um, and teaching lessons to my children, you know, through that, you know, when my daughter, uh, when it was just my daughter and my, my son wasn't born yet. And uh, you know, he was in uh, you know, he, he was in my, my, my wife's uh, womb. Uh, we, we would uh, we would take baby dolls and we'd pretend that they were the, you know, the baby boy that's going to be her little baby brother. that's going to be born and here's how you hold them and here's how you take care of them. And, and, uh, and using our imagination, we were able to teach her to be a big sister before she ever was one. And so that when he was born, uh, she at least knew that uh, it's not just her anymore. Um, and this is how you kind of take care of a baby kind of deal. And it's not just some weird thing that, um, that just showed up here. And, and now that, you know, and now you're being replaced. No, we were able to prepare for that using her imagination beforehand. And, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, I, I was gonna say, and, and you were like intentionally forming her imagination in a beautiful way, in ways that I think good stories like books or even good movies can do, in a way that we have to be careful that bad things can also do. You know, I'm thinking like I never saw any of those Saw movies, but like, man, I'm sure Vince as a as an EMT, like you don't need to see any of that crap because you see real pain and suffering. You know, why we why are we making stuff like that and exposing ourselves to, you know, it's kind of like eating food. Like we are really affected by what we consume. And um, yeah, I think it's important just question to ask, like what, what do I consume in my reading, in my movie watching, in my TV show watching, in my video game playing, these things that we have the opportunity to do. Sure. And, and we can, you know, you look at, uh, you know, just uh, from a, a defense perspective or from a training, uh, like in law enforcement perspective, you know, we use our imagination to, um, you know, to also plan for, uh, situations. So the military uses it in wargaming to kind of, you know, plan for what happens if this country does X, Y, or Z, how do we respond? And, you know, just from a, in a training perspective in law enforcement, we, you know, we, we kind of role play different things so that we can learn. And so I guess that's just part of um, everyday life, you know, for human beings. So how can we use that? Uh, how can we use that in our in our Catholic faith? 
Well, let me ask, let me ask you, Father Andy, when you're coming up with a homily, how often do you try to think about a story that you either heard or something you've experienced yourself to incorporate? Like, how often do people kind of perk up when you tell a story? Yeah. Just kind of yapping at them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, often my homilies are just, you know, uh, complaining at people and just yelling at them. Right. I mean, they're horrible. No, uh, but no, when I do take the time to, um, make a, some sort of preparation with that, when it comes to like, um, uh, possibly being able to have uh, a really good story or, you, you know, the good gospel reading, you can give a story with it, whether it's true or not kind of getting back into that whole, um, fiction, nonfiction, but being able to give that story, people do pay attention more or <clears throat> excuse me. There's, you know, there was a, there is a retreat program um, that I've mentioned before called um, Encounter Mercy or uh, Divine Mercy Encounter, excuse me, our podcast, you know, is flipping it. Uh, Divine Mercy Encounter used to be called uh, Divine Mercy Tech to Encounter Christ the t- or Teens Encounter Christ, depending on where you're from. But um, a lot of people in their talks during that retreat give little stories, but it always got everybody's attention. Or if you're using your own personal life as a story for someone to see how God is working through it, it gives an opportunity. And I think that, you know, as we're talking about um, the fact that we are uh, chatting about uh, uh, fiction or nonfiction and specifically storytelling as a means of evangelization, um, you know, we have an opportunity to get people's attention. You know, there's belief, and it very well may be so, that the whole story of Noah and the whale wasn't real, that it just was a story. It was a way to get people's attention. Now, what he accomplished really happened, but maybe not the way that we tell it. Or the same thing with, uh, or not Noah, Jonah and the whale, or I, I, Noah I, and the ark. Yeah, I was I, like, wait, did I he say Noah and the whale? <laughs> yeah, I mixed the two stories because I wanted to I wanted to bring both of them up. But, hey, Noah uh, had Jonah, to say the whales too, man. He had to put them in the boat. So yeah, I guess yeah. they were swimming around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that was the other thing. You know, I didn't have to think about two of all the animals on this, uh, in the sea. But the point of uh, Noah and the ark, that also probably wasn't a real story in the sense that 100% truth. But the whole point is that it's teaching us a lesson. It's teaching us about our faith and having trust in God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that Jesus spoke so much in these parables, I mean, the parable of the prodigal son, you know, it, Jesus was able to capture these people's hearts in a certain way so that um, the things that he said uh, and the things that he did just drew them in. And I think a, a wonderful example of that uh, in our modern times is J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote The Lord of the Rings. You know, so uh, there's a movie out about Tolkien's life that some people were like, oh, it didn't talk about enough about his Catholic faith or whatever. But I think it was a, a really beautiful movie that kind of showed his life and certain elements of it. There was different phases of Tolkien's life, but of course, he's most well known for writing The Lord of the Rings. Now, you know, somebody can fact check me on this, but I think after the Bible, the most sold book up to date right now, I think, is The Lord of the Rings. It's at least in the top five, depending on what website you look at. I've heard something similar before, yeah. That tells you something about this book. Like, what is it about The Lord of the Rings that has drawn people in so much, right? And uh, Tolkien, of course, was a devout Catholic who, um, you know, he explicitly denied that he wrote The Lord of the Rings to be some Catholic analogy right? He wrote it 
to be uh, just a beautiful story. Initially, a story to his to his kids um, when he was off at war. But uh, whenever you read it, you can see the Catholic elements of his own life just kind of like naturally come out of the, the writing. And um, a really cool thing about uh, his his love of stories and storytelling and writing was that he developed friendships with other writers, um, including C.S. Lewis, you know? And there's a famous story, true story in this case, of Tolkien and Lewis, who are both lecturers at um, Oxford, They're both teacher professors at Oxford in England. And um, they, went, uh, they went walking at the famous Addison's Walk in, uh, at Oxford. And uh, C.S. Lewis had been a, devout atheist since he was 15. You know, he's just like, I, I don't believe in God. Like it's all just made up myth. So Tolkien as a devout Catholic was talking to him about it and they were going back and forth about whatever. And uh, Tolkien was able to win Lewis's heart by saying that, um, you know, what are, what is the greatest story that's ever been told? The gospel, right? And Tolkien was able to tell Lewis that, it's the greatest story that's ever told that every other story that's ever been written, if you look at it, is all just trying to match the story of the gospel, right? And we could get into a whole like deep thing about this in terms of literature or whatever. But what greater story could there be than the resurrection, the resurrection of God that saves humanity? And uh, the thing that makes it the greatest story that's ever told is that it, it actually happened. Mm -hmm. And in this conversation that went into the deep hours of the night between Tolkien and Lewis, Lewis ends up uh, writing in his letters that he not only began that night to believe in God, but to believe in the person of Jesus Christ. And, you know, of course, Lewis then goes on to write Chronicles of Narnia and things like that. And they, both of those guys, along with some others, became a part of different um, kind of men's clubs that would meet up and talk about what they were writing, what stories they were working on, you know? So uh, one famous one in particular between Lewis and Tolkien was called the Inklings. And they would meet at a pub um, called the Eagle and the Child, uh, this little pub at Oxford where they had, you know, you can look it up. There's still like the little table where the guys would sit, the Inklings, that was the nickname for themselves. And they would just read their writings to each other and talk about them while they'd smoke their pipes and drink their beer and, um, you know, they, I'm just imagining, you know, and there's, there's funny. I'd love to letters. be there. Can you imagine that? That'd be Dude, awesome. That would be so it, cool. For me, it's like the ultimate model of like a men's, a men's small group or something like that. Just well, like yeah. Now, now when you get a bunch of men together, they're just scrolling through Facebook, sharing memes. Yeah. You know, and, and it takes a bit of vulnerability to share what you think about a story. Oh, sure. Or even what you think about a movie, you know? Um, and then imagine if it's your own work, having to share with each oh, other about your gosh. own work, that like putting yourself out there. All right. And then, yeah, having it feedback and all that. And yeah, you got to you gotta be willing yeah. for someone to be able to critique it. And uh, I mean, it's kind of like how whenever we started this podcast, you know, before I, you know, we started, I was like, eh, this is kind of, I'm going to make a fool out of myself for everybody to see. And yeah. uh, now I'm okay with it. <laughs> Still make a fool I mean, out of myself, but. Even. Um even Harry Potter, you know, Harry Potter for a lot of people can be controversial because they're like, sure. oh gosh, the ma magic and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, there's a great YouTube video by this Franciscan friar talking about Harry Potter and how the ultimate um, kind of element that he thinks draws people into that story so much is, you know, 
there, there's often a theme with great stories, such as like an orphan person that is completely hopeless and unexpected that get, then goes on a wild adventure and then offers his life for the sake of some cause. And in Harry Potter, even uh, this friar, he says that the ultimate theme in it is unconditional love, um, which I'm like, wow, I never thought of that before, you know, and I, I haven't, I tried to read Harry Potter. I got through the first four in college because my girlfriend at the time wanted me to read them. And then we broke up and I stopped reading Harry Potter. So well, and, I watched the know, movies just to yeah. see how it ended. But. The, once again, you know, talking movies versus books, the movies do not do any justice to the books. Um, you know, I, someone who read through all the Harry Potter books just because um, I, I think it was around Christmas time in fifth grade, we watched the first two Harry Potter movies instead of class. And so I went home and I'm like, mom, you got to watch these movies with, uh, with me. And so she watched them all with me that were out at that time. And then I got the books and I started reading through them and, you know, big Harry Potter, not so much a Harry Potter nerd, like finding a house and all that, but I just enjoyed the literary to it uh, and being able to use your imagination. It was just a wonderful opportunity to use my imagination. But if you actually get through it, and anybody that has read it all the way through, Harry has to sacrifice himself and he has to go to his death willingly to die to be able to vanquish the evil that's in the story. It's totally a Christ picture because he's agonizing over this fact that he now has realized he has to go to his death. He has to die to save everyone else. And it's the only through his death that he's going to be able to save everyone else. It's totally a Christ on the cross, say, uh, you know, story. It's totally, you know, as much as um, J.K. has taken this on, and uh, no, you know, you know, the fact that her name is J.K. I think is ironic. But um, you know, she's added all these weird things to it that don't make any sense. And so what? She's the author, but go beyond that and just look at the literary work there in and of itself. There's so much there about light versus darkness, darkness, truth versus untruth, um, joy versus sorrow. And there's just so much beauty there uh, in it. Or, you know, uh, as we were talking, uh, Barnabas, have you ever read the Chronicles of Narnia? Uh, most of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, I'm the same way. I didn't get all, I don't know if I ever did get all the way through it, but I know I read through almost all of them at one point in time. But, you know, Granted, C.S. Lewis did try to make that out, uh, write those stories so that it was an impersonation of Christ so oh, that yeah. he could, you know, proclaim like, the gospel. Jesus. But it's yeah. a beautiful, Basically. it's a beautiful way of looking at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, I, I think that's kind of the, the drive home message for me about these, like the greatest stories capture things that aren't necessarily new ideas, but they're the most true ideas, you know? So yeah. for the sake of evangelization, even something like, for instance, I had a bunch of guys from the college. We were hanging out one night uh, well, because I was given, I was given, I give haircuts at the college. And I was giving a guy a haircut and I did, I'm bantering like, hey, yeah, man, what's your favorite movie? And he said uh, this movie called Warrior. And I was like, dude, that's like one of my favorite movies too. He said, no way. Because not a lot of people know this movie, right? Warrior is this movie with uh, Tom Hardy. Uh, he's uh, he plays like a Pittsburgh boy who uh, who's a UFC or like a fighter, all MMA fighter, or whatever. Long story short, him and his brother, who are like separated from years and years and like hate each other, uh, they end up in this tournament together, this fighting tournament. And the whole story is about this tournament, but the real story is about these two brothers and their dad, who's like a recovering alcoholic and 
this whole drama of the brotherhood and fatherhood. Well, uh, it's kind of a spoiler alert here. I'm sorry, but um, it gets to the final round of like the championship match. And these two brothers are in the match together. Right. And uh, I mean, this whole story is made up, but in the match, the Tom Hardy, this big, you know, he played Bane and Batman. He's huge. He's like, obviously the superior athlete well he ends up like breaking his shoulder from his brother who's fighting him and they has him on the ground and his brother like these guys are fighting each other just because they're angry from all the stuff that they had through their childhood and uh tom hardy would not tap out like he was willing to let his arm just get broken even more and his older brother's like in tears being like bro just tap out like and he says three things he says he's like just tap it's okay and then he and he doesn't tap and then he says just tap, uh, you know, I'm sorry. And he doesn't tap, but then he goes, just tap, Tommy. I love you. And at that point, the music starts, Tommy taps out and there's no more talking the rest of them. Like the last seven minutes, it's just the two brothers weeping in the ring. And then they just exit together because they've been reconciled by one brother telling another brother that he loves him. Now it's not a true story, but what more true thing can we experience than reconciling with our brother by saying, I love you, bro. Remind me of the name of that movie again. It's called warrior warrior. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a good movie. I yeah. vaguely remember. Maybe I did see that. I was just trying to look it up online where you, while you were talking about it. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm just, I'm big on like, let's, Oh, so anyway, I watched that movie with a bunch of the college guys together. And afterward we're all just sitting there like, like we were just like so ready for brotherhood and like we felt like we were just like so close and we we talked about it then we like hashed it out like why did why is this such a good movie and all this stuff and you don't you don't you don't do that with something like saw or some stupid movie like i don't know even something as goofy as uh stepbrothers like okay it's funny but like is that really like inspiring me to be a better human being right there are no there are no truths in those movies it's just entertainment right exactly so stories can be a great opportunity for talking about even the transcendentals of truth, beauty, and love and goodness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And being able to share in this opportunity together in a way, you know, that is different. Um, when we, um, uh, what, you know, sorry, I, I easily get distracted and that's my life. Um, so when we... Um, are have an opportunity to read a book together. You know, that's why book clubs, I mean, granted, mostly women do book clubs, but I think that should be something that we should get away from. And um, more guys should have book clubs because there's so much we could read or, or, you know, just like you said, even in that movie, there's, there's an opportunity to share. There's an opportunity mm. to tell a story and, um, you know, being able to share in that story then allows for people to uh, connect um in a different way and be able to share a truth. You know, yeah. one of the, one year I used to go down to Vanceburg, Kentucky every year on a mission trip. Um, and if any of our friends from Covington diocese are listening, uh, yeah, that is a part of your diocese. Um, it's, it's a neglected part of your diocese, but it's there. Um, but point is, is we would go there on mission trip and the, the theme that father Mike picked for us that year was tell the story. And the whole point is, is to remind us that we each have a story to tell and how it can impact others. And the stories that we hear and we listen to, they can have such an impact on others without us even realizing it. So mm -hmm. the, you know, these stories are important, 
whether they're true or not. And I like that quote, which I have never been able, uh, you know, I was looking through online as well as we were going through this. I couldn't find an answer to that quote, but it's so true. Whether it's true or not, it, it can be real. And, and, um, making this a real story present to us and taking the truth, the truth that we have experienced and being able to relate it. You know, that's how some of the best, um, orators and scholars and, uh, uh, psalmists and and uh, preachers have been able to tell the gospel message is through stories mm. whether it's their life someone else's life or a made-up story in general yeah yeah no doubt <laughs> it's pretty quiet for a second uh so i have i have more i can say but i, I didn't know if we were at time, close to time or well not. what do you what do you got to say what do you want to say? Because um, what I was going to say, I was going to kind of piggyback. I was waiting to see if anyone else was going to chime in. But, you know, I, storytelling, I think, is a part of, of a brotherhood. And it's something that a lot of us mm-hmm. neglect, including myself. I think every every man should be able to be able to tell a story of some. It doesn't have to be a super captivating, uh, popular story. But you, sh- you should be able to tell a story that conveys a message. Um you know, a fictional made up story using your imagination, uh, you know, with other guys to be able to, you know, to convey something, whether it's, um, reconciling with your brother, uh, whether it's, you know, being able to successfully, uh, hunt a turkey, whatever it may be, you know, I think every guy should be able to do that. And I think it's a lost art. Um, you know, before paper, everything was, was a story. And it was just oral stories that were passed down and people would memorize these sometimes in the forms of, of, of poems. And that's another thing that, uh, that has died, uh, is poetry. And it's something that I, I enjoy to read. Um, I don't have the, cre- a single creative bone in my body to be able to even write it, but it's something that I enjoy, you know, just, just reading and trying to see, uh, you know, what the writer was trying to convey with that. And Vince, uh, I think, what, what you're what you're really driving at with with these things is that when you you know when we have conversations like this or when we can get into a good story we begin to see more deeply than I think our our culture normally does and I think that's in terms of evangelization something that uh, Bishop Barron that's how he got started his yeah. very first YouTube video is a commentary on the movie The Departed right like he was able to draw out themes of like virtue and like Christian, whatever talk about the movie, the The departed, Departed. (laughs) you know, like he, he, he became popular with guys that between the age of 20 and 30, simply just doing movie commentaries. You know, he would say when one's movies weren't that great, but then he would really make you think differently about a movie that you're like, Oh, I never even thought about that. And that movie. Well, I, I feel the same. He mentioned he, he's a big fan of the Simpsons, which yeah. I would have never, uh, he brings it up all the time about how, uh, the Simpsons have a lot of truths in their storytelling is as, as weird as it may sound. And I suggest, mm. you know, if you, uh, if you, if you have, don't know what I'm talking about, go check it out. It's, uh, it's actually, you know, pretty interesting. You really have to search for it. Um, he might brings it up every once in a while in one of his podcasts, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, it's funny, you know, like you said, the, the departed, what, what, what are you going to get out of that? Uh, that, you know, only, I feel like it's only something that Bishop Barron could ever do. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, there's, 
there's just so much that, uh, you, you can tell just through a simple story. Uh, and, and it doesn't have to, you know, it can be completely fictional. It might not even make any sense if you didn't have that, uh, that component in the end to really tie it all together. And I think that's what makes a good story. Agreed. Yeah. And, you know, just thinking about, um, different movies and things like that, um, you can see some of the weirdest movies that tell a very uh, interesting story that we all can relate to. And um, just going through and searching, what is the top rated movie ever? And the top rated movie is the Godfather. Mm. And I mean like what? Yeah. And what it, cause it says here, um, domestic lifetime gross uh, adjusted for inflation as of 2014 was Six hundred twenty-six million twenty-five thousand five hundred. You know, so it's probably gone up a bit since then. But um, and that came out in nineteen seventy-two, and then right behind that, you know, not too much worried about the Godfather. Godfather people are trying to live a life that they can't have. But then right after that, the next top-grossing movie is The Wizard of Oz. Hmm. And what's the whole point of the Wizard of Oz is, um, no, not you, Alexa. Um, The whole point of the Wizard of Oz is to tell a story, uh, to tell a story about, um, you know, going outside of yourself and rallying for something else, fighting evil, the good against the bad, the light against the darkness, um, you know, and so being able to, to get out of yourself, but to experience a moral lesson. Right? Because what is the whole thing? Well, Dorothy, you could go home whenever you wanted, you know? And so it, it didn't really, she didn't have to do anything. All she could have had to do was just wish to go home. But what's the underlying story there? What's the underlying message that home is where you make it, that you can find the joy and the peace where you are? even in the difficult times, even in a tornado that has taken you to another land and crushed another evil witch. You know, I think we'd all like to be able to crush evil witches, but, um, you know, this isn't the witcher. So, you know, you have this, this experience and being able to, um, get outside of yourself and, and truly be able to experience a new lesson. So for a lot of people, it completely changes their understanding of a very deep physical, uh, metaphysical topic. And maybe I can tie all these things together by simply saying this. What if the stories, the the greatest stories ever told as we know them, simply just were the beginning and the end? That if you open the Lord of the Rings, you know, it said, uh, once upon a time, there was a hobbit who then destroyed a ring that was really bad. Okay. What if once upon a time, Dorothy went and killed the witch and everything was fine? Once upon a time, you know, whatever, you just jump straight to the end. You miss the drama of the process. And I think in the Christian life, so many people just want to cut to the chase and get to the end when everything's fine again. But man, in the church, we, we understand three layers of the church, right? You know, you got the church in purgatory, the church in heaven, and the church here on earth. And as the church here on earth, we are the church in progress, the church militant. And we're in the midst of the battle. We're in the midst of the story. So to really enjoy what we're in right now, even if it's difficult, because just like in a good story, there's nothing wasted. It all is able to, with Christ especially, come to a great ending. And I 
think you should do a mic drop because that was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that really, that, that tied it up. And you know, those, the stories you were describing, the really simple ones that are extremely boring are the ones that I pretty much tell my daughter whenever I'm putting her to bed, <laughs> just, just to get her to go to sleep. Uh, Once upon a time. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so I, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is uh this was a, a, a second episode uh, in a row with brother Barnabas here. And, uh, and, and brother Barnabas always makes us, um, uh, I guess have more of a, a free flowing podcast uh, when it's just Father Andy and I, I feel like it's uh, we have a topic we need to talk about this point, that point, and this point, uh, and it's very structured. I really enjoy these kind of relaxed conversations, and I hope to have more of them with you. So thanks now for that joining you have us. An awesome mic. Yeah. Yeah, dude, this is really neat. I'm really liking the sound. I mean, this is great. You're gonna, and now you're off to do a Zoom meeting with people in a little bit, so you're gonna be able to like completely blow them out of the water with audio quality. Yeah, they're, they're gonna be like. Are you in our house? How did you get here? I think the best part is, is that the video just froze. Yeah, I'm like sitting there smiling. Yeah, this is great. So like, now I think I think I know the next thing. Oh, there we go. All right. Was, now we know the next thing we gotta fix for you is a better yeah. camera. Maybe yeah. maybe you can get Brother Cashin to help you out with that. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, but awesome. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us, and, and we will bother you again soon, especially now that until we can't until we can leave our houses, we're kind of stuck. Yeah. Well, read Lord of the Rings. Get it. I think I'll have Need to buy that now. Yeah, Father Andy, you have a lot of time, so you're not getting fat and sassy. <laughs> fat and sassy. All right. Well, uh, go ahead and check us out at uh, EncounterMercy.com. While you're at it, go over to Instagram and follow Monk on the Streets. That's Brother Barnabas's page, and it is fantastic. If you haven't already been to it, uh, he uh, he somehow wraps uh, comedy and faith and just real talk, uh, all in one, in one page and makes it, uh, you know, he, he really delivers it to you in a relatable way and, uh, very comical as well. So go over and check out Monk on the Streets on Instagram. Uh, go over to, uh, while you're on Instagram, uh, go over to, uh, Encounter Mercy's page, uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, you can find our videos on YouTube as well as our podcast, just about anywhere you listen to podcasts, including uh, your your smart devices such as uh, Alexa. Uh, all you have to do is ask to play Encounter Mercy and she will. Um, so with that being said, uh, I'd like to thank all of you for listening and all of you for uh, joining us um, you know, throughout this whole entire adventure that we've had. Uh, with the Encounter Mercy podcast thus far since November. So uh, thank all of you. I thank all of you and I can't wait to talk to you soon.